being too complicated today. Am I? Yes. I, you're just getting into a genre that I grew up in, man. Like right. this is my bread and butter. You're here. just. You're just. You're being. You're not. No, you're not being you're clear being, enough. You're being very incident aggressive. You're not, you're not being clear enough, sir. Sitting around with time to kill. If we don't do it, then no one will. Our eyes are cold. Our thoughts are old. Fifteen minutes till we lose control. You are now listening to music, the lifeblood. Generation behind, going nowhere's just fine. Maybe tonight's the night. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Music the Lifeblood. I'm your very humble host, Dustin. This week, something old, Big Jake and I dive deep into the genesis and the ins and outs of the metalcore movement. Stick around because tight pants and eyeliner are coming your way. But first, I want to let you know that this episode of Music the Lifeblood is brought to you by my favorite Midwestern record store, Indie CD and Vinyl, located at 806 Broad Ripple Ave in the switched-on Broad Ripple neighborhood of Indiana. Indianapolis, Indiana. They've got stacks of wax for days, metal, punk rock, ska, EDM, reggae, hip-hop, and more shit you haven't even heard of yet. I pop in on a regular basis, and I always have a badass time. Indie CD and vinyl, get your vinyl, son. Boom shakalaka, boom shakalaka, boom Hey, it's Big Jake. I'm coming to you with a PSA today. Twitter, fuck it. We hate it. But do you like it? Well, then I guess you can look at ours or whatever. It's at music underscore TLB. I mean, whatever. Just keep your 140 character bullshit out of my face. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Music the Lifeblood. Big Jake, what are we talking about? We're talking about every person in the music scene right now and all the swoopy hair they had in their youth. (laughs) And all of their down-tuned guitars that were hanging by their knees. And all of their crab motions on stage. We're talking about metalcore. Uh, is it all crab? Is it all attack? No, is no, it all no. attack, attack? No, in my... Crab in, in, stuff. In my... I don't want to say generation, but in my like generational gap of if you were in high school between like 2004 to like 2010... Even maybe a little before that, you, you was the crab core. It was you were down with the crab, or you weren't <laughs> playing music. You guys like Austin Carlisle? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that was good. Times. It was dark times. <laughs> good times. Okay, all right. So it's the metalcore discussion. Yes, right now. Before before we jump too headlong in. To the 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 more than likely shit talking parade that this will become. There's <laughs> nine times out of ten, yeah. <laughs> and generally, I just want to point out. I just want to point out that it most of the time does not start with me. Oh no, it's definitely me. I am the shit stirrer. <laughs> I am well aware. I am the shit stirrer. There, there is a there is a legit side. Absolutely. Uh, from a developmental standpoint of the genre. And also what I would call, I, I think for the longest time, people argue that metalcore was not a, uh, in a, I guess in an official sense, it was not, it's not, it's not metal. You know what I mean? No, it's that, no. that, that was, that was the no. argument for a long time or, or, you know, a tray you ruined hardcore, you know what I mean? Or a tray you ruined yeah. metalcore, you know, those conversations. I do feel like, I do feel like metalcore is very important. 
Oh yeah, especially from, in the Midwest. Yeah, from the from the uh, the genesis of aggressive music post millennial change. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as well as uh, the genesis of aggressive music, in the sense that it does pull that it does pull influences from uh, what I, what I would call like some archetypal nineties. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sort of. You know stuff that was when you, happening when in you heavy get in, music. When you get into like the the quote unquote gentier side of of metalcore, mm. it starts sounding a lot like '90s alternative rock. <laughs> like there's a lot of it that's like ooh. Some of, yeah, well that I mean if we talk about gent specifically, you know, there's that sort of there's some gent bands and I'll Meshuga to me Meshuga sounds like a factory. Meshuga is the uh, one true you know, gent band that can be called that. Yeah, yeah. Meshuga sounds like a factory that's working three shifts, you know, yeah. and it's three o'clock in the afternoon. People I've, I've said breaks. that. I've said this before. Yeah. You know, it sounds like a factory just going full bore. That's that's how I hear Meshuga most of the time. But anyway, anyway, <clears throat> before we jump into it, I do want to highlight the fact that you know we'll probably spend a big chunk of time discussing. What what I would call the, you know, f- maybe the second wave of metalcore, because to me, the first wave is the sort of roots of it. Yeah, that yeah, sort of thing. So I'm sure we'll, at the gates and things like that. Yeah, we'll yeah. spend a lot of time talking about the second wave. Your your in flames, your shadows fall as I lay dying on earth. Devil wears Prada, all that stuff, all that stuff will get discussed probably ad nauseum. But yeah. before I do that, I do want to talk about what I think to me is the the roots the sort of quote unquote first wave of metalcore obviously yeah. and the genesis of it hey you who me yeah you listening to this episode of music the lifeblood since you're getting this shit for free why don't you do music the lifeblood a favor okay if you're listening to this show on itunes then leave a rating and review even if you hate it if you're not on itunes is there a like button yes then hit it. And don't forget to share this episode on whatever bullshit social media platform you're into. All right? All right. Fuck yeah. Music the lifeblood. I'll put the question to you, Big Jake. What on me. <clears throat> what to, uh, to you, where where does it come from? You know, what are, what are those bands? Or what is what a are, band... Um, I mean, mo- most of my friends, and probably including myself, uh, it it starts at At The Gates was the first one to, like, really... Maybe not be the first one to do it, but the first one to, like, make it a thing. Hmm. And it's just... It was always... It's the, it's the fusion of hardcore and metal. And I feel like the reason metalcore gets bogged down so much is because people thought you could just throw the word core on the end of anything... And make it a genre right. like it gets it gets there's some stupid wacky shit in there when you dig for people throwing genres together like Viking core and ninja core and like the <laughs> stupid shit and like that's not a thing stop it but uh what's Viking core sound like it, a modern Marth with breakdowns yeah yeah, yeah. that's exactly okay. what it is yeah it sounds um, like boats being rowed yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and double bass drums <laughs> 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 uh yeah it it's for my when my friends growing up it was the bands that we listened to that were the cool metalcore was like 
Chimera was a band we listened to that hmm. was on the cooler side of things. We didn't, we very rarely ventured off into the like attack, attack, and asking Alexandria. See, to me, that's not metalcore for some reason. It's I don't, it's, I don't it's the synth element. This really heavy synth mm-hmm. element makes it seem again. You're kind of falling into that trap of because people say no, that's not metalcore, that's synthcore. It's like yeah. fuck off. It's metalcore. It's a kind of metalcore. It's that's, just metalcore. See, say, so. don't split hairs, man. It's 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 metalcore. That it's is just, it's that just... is literally implicit <laughs> in the in the music the life. You're right. You're right. Operandi. This, this is one. This is the conversation though. That... I'm not going to breeze past that. <laughs> We're going to address that comment now. Okay. It's going. I. It is important. This that... is the genre that splits hairs. This... It gets annoying. Yes, it does. And I would say more so than even punk rock. Oh, absolutely. Anything under yeah. the punk rock umbrella. At least punk rocks can go, yeah, I like ska, that's punk rock. And the conversation's <laughs> over with. Yeah. But with metalcore, you get Black Belt Brides. What? Nah, it's what? Metal. It's you know, metalcore. Yeah. It's a kind of metalcore. Yeah. So, yeah, the, but I think that's, I mean, that's, that's for, kind of our thing. For you know time's I mean? sake. We're, we're <laughs> hashing... Over over time, over this okay. what three four year period of time we've spent, you know, music of the lifeblood has I, in me speaking for myself, yeah. the main brain of music of the lifeblood. I feel like that it's it is our job to split the hairs, to split the hairs, to catalog, to document through 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 raucous and poignant conversation. The, the yeah. different kinds of aggressive music. I think that's that's part of our yeah. thing. This, this is this is, is just so. this particular argument of the metalcore thing. This right. is the genre of music I've spent more time in actively playing. Right. Like in that, I never really played metalcore per se. I mean, but, and, re- and realistically, Refractions was the most genre defining metalcore band. Oh, were we to ever? <laughs> Yeah, five four, sections of five four eleven eight two four really drive that four on the floor home. Uh, but yeah, it, it's I grew up, I cut my teeth in this scene. Like this right. is the scene that gotcha. I like had to, I had to embrace and also deal with for a decade. And so the constant argument of it's not it's metalcore, it's 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 brocore, it's throwdown, it's slam, it's it's synthcore, it's popcore. It's like. It's you realize you're just changing a word because you don't want to fit under an umbrella. Like it's you with your special little snowflake syndrome trying to make up something because you want to be special. It's uh, it's, it's it is it's what it is. It's when it's you the, it's it's our alt right commentary on the metal. <laughs> but like it's it's a, no political views aside. That's, right, it's right. just you want you want to stand out, and that's how you get noticed in music. You want to stand out. So the, that's the easiest way to do it is to say you're a new genre. Right. And so just throw a new label on it and go <laughs> when you're just a fucking metalcore band. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, I don't know, man, this is just this is this one's going to hit home for me because this is what I grew up with. Right. So, right. But like we listen to Chimera. We listen to a lot of Trivium. We listen to mm. uh, I, I really liked a band called uh, The Showdown. Um what else we listen to i i don't know we we kind of varying on the death core side of things we listen to a lot of the faceless which is not metal core per se it's way more aggressive than that but it's lump it in there because do you call it faceless death core i mean yeah I, especially on their first album not so much on uh x uh i think it's just tech death Maybe I'll go with that, but we listen to not uh, qu- not quite the necrophagist. Yeah, right? oh, but, oh yeah, but 
slowly lurching that way. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, or, 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 or disjointedly, frantically <laughs> <laughs> lurching that way. <laughs> and I also had friends listen to like your Attack Attacks, your Asking Alexandria's, your Of Mice and Men, your uh, yeah. Motionless and White, all those ones uh, that are a little less. I don't want to say less valuable, but they they seemed the first time I saw Attack Attack with their fucking colored tank tops and sunglasses and swishy hair, I said, "That's not going to be a thing in a few years." <laughs> like you can just tell, <laughs> right. like yeah. they're going to yeah. grow up and do something different because I was a kid and I'm still like, "Those are kids. That's not, they're going to change." Yeah, and sure enough, that's and, a good point. And I think that also that the I think. You can really attest the metalcore movement in the mid early to mid to late aughts to the black metal movement we're experiencing today. Because the mindset I had when I was a wee little lad in like sophomore year of high school was I want to find what is different and aggressive. Because that's what I grew, that's what I was gravitating towards. Right. I want to find something that is <clears throat> not the norm and is different. So, metalcore was what was there. Metalcore was what was easily accessible, and it was heavy enough that it turned my parents away, but my friends liked it. So, and that's not the reason why you go after it, but it's like it's 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 the the badge of the seal of authenticity is is if your friends like it, most of your friends like it, right. and your parents are like, "This is garbage." Right. <laughs> that's so. And then I feel like now those 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 same kids who were hungry for that next step in aggressive metal have they left metalcore. And then I feel like we in like the early early teens, like we, a couple years ago, there was this like amoebus orb of that group of people where they weren't sure what they were doing. Right. And we got your shoegaze shit, and we got our slam shit that was really really heavy. And slam is just heavier metalcore it's the same thing it's just you just is add, it yeah you just add more rakes mm -hmm. and like down tunes and stuff like that and it's it's very similar in a see, way i think it's i think it's one step to the right of modern day hardcore i'll buy that too anyway it's, yeah. it's a step in an aggression in a, in a in a similar line yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. these kids or i guess now young adults <laughs> that are still hungry for that next step in what is heavy what's heavier than this right the next step to go to which is i want the step i'm also currently in is black metal and doom metal and stuff mm -hmm. because that takes away the heaviness doesn't come from it comes from the music you've written but it also comes from the production and how you play it True. and even just the mindset like it's different it's heavy it's heavier than what you're used to in a completely different way right so it goes away from that really heavily processed sound of like your your rise record sound that that triggered bass drum and everything's perfect to a T right everything sounds digital to a very you know you can he you can hear the fuzz you can hear the crackle you can it's it's heavy but it's 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 a different kind of heavy so I feel like the metalcore movement is imperative to this this current black metal uprising that we're experiencing it's those kids. Who've gotten older and now want the next heavy thing, right? So I almost think it's <clears throat> it's interesting. The closest analog I can think of to what you're talking about, yeah, um, the searching for something more, 
so, yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Um, is that the the swing that we had from the late '80s into the early '90s? Yep. The transition from uh, hair, mm-hmm. you know, commercial pop metal yeah. into the what became the grunge movement. Yeah, because metalcore to me was always like a parallel to, to like hair metal. Yeah. It was always like, this is just hair metal. And I had friends who were like balls deep into yeah. like that. It's, it's, metal yeah, it's, who hated hair metal. Yeah. It's like, it's almost the same. Like yeah. literally they even you have, can overlay them on they top. They even of have other. distinguished yeah. specific hairstyles yep. for these two genres. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's the, the most interesting thing about that is you can, you can almost, there's multiple times, multiple times throughout the history of aggressive music that you can overlay something that happened 14 years previous. Yeah. On top of what is going on now. Yeah. But instead of California in like late Los Angeles in the sunset strip, it was Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting. I, and I don't know. It's 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 neat that we have we're we're at the point now where we're not uh we're talking about a the the growth and the the genesis of a genre of heavy music that has been documented in the internet age. Oh yeah, absolutely. Wholeheartedly. Where, where we're not relying on quote unquote or old forms of media. Yeah. To to go back and experience, you can everything. still you can still go grab the early metalcore albums yes. right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I think to me to me that's interesting, which is stranger because the internet age has, to, to, in, in my opinion, has caused a shorter shelf life. Absolutely, from yeah. an artistic standpoint. So the when when you look at something now versus seven years ago, mm-hmm. it's it's a much more disparate sort of critical eye that you put on it that it is much more harsh in judgment oh absolutely and yeah. and two it becomes very noticeable it's it's dated in the sense that like you know hair metal was dated but the interesting thing about the pre-internet era of music is that in 1980 yeah led zeppelin 2 still felt relevant that's true you know what i mean you that's don't true. you don't necessarily have you don't necessarily Look at you know as I lay dying through the darkest night as being relevant now. Here's the difference with that oh. though is that yeah Van Halen two still felt relevant in eighty to me right now. Well, it was only like three years previous. <laughs> you know, no, you, two you know, years previous. You, you know what you know what I mean though. I get what but you're saying. I get to, what no, you're saying. I, to me right now, like with roots above and branches below is still relevant. Mm-hmm. However. Uh, Smokeahontas is no longer relevant. <laughs> so like it, the, it right. varies. Like Bullet okay. Boys no longer relevant. Right. Van Halen still pretty relevant. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. No, I get it. I yeah, get it. Like, I get, it, I get it, what you're it's, saying. It's more of a more of a, a that's a more that example is more of a band specific thing yep. than a genre specific thing. Right. Because at this point, you could even argue that hair metal is more. <laughs> relevant uh, now again than a lot of other metal because those guys are still out touring and that's their job mm-hmm. like most metalcore bands even bigger names like that's not their job they ha- that's what they do in their off time sure like sure like those that, it's still their job and people still want to hear it and they're right. still putting out music right. and it's still more in the mainstream than what metalcore is or what death metal is or right. anything else it's 
Interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting yeah. thing. But anyway, anyway, I want to talk about the lineage yes, of, yes, of the sorry, genre. We, got off on we, we completely on that. went, you yeah. know. That was a good tangent, though. It was. Learned a lot. Um, so, Integrity. Yes. Is the band that seems to come up in most conversations. And uh, John Carter and I had a good conversation the other night. Um, which, in the pit? Yeah, it should be should be an episode of Conversations in the Pit here coming soon. So, quote unquote, look for it, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, we kept talking about Integrity. Um, and then, obviously, when you go from Integrity, you wind up at Converge. Yeah. And then from Converge, I always, I you know, a lot of people are always going to talk about Pantera, Sepultura, and Chimera. Yeah. They're all uh bands, too. I just Yeah, that. right, yeah. Anyway, you're going to talk about them as far as the the genesis of, of the metalcore genre, as far as the early, mid... 90s to late 90s to the early 2000s those bands are going to come up chimera being the you know the later of the three but i think to me those bands kind of started to flesh out more what the early root work was laid by bands like biohazard converge in the early 90s and then i would even mention helmet too there yeah you know a lot of people don't want to a lot of people just throw like helmet rage against the machine and you know i don't know other bands like that just into unknowns crossover and just and, and let it go but i do think there's a direct line that you can draw towards metalcore yeah. with those bands there's so, also yeah. like <clears throat> bands you wouldn't expect doing a pseudo metalcore thing in the 90s like it's a weird example, but I distinctly know that there are a couple Dream Theater albums that have breakdowns in them, and those are not metalcore albums. Sure, but it's sure. mid nineties, sure. and they're like already like Dream Theater generally on the forefront of a lot of things, like already kind of moving in that direction. Probably because they're also influenced by right. bands like Pantera. Well, I think I think I think specifically mentioning a band like Dream Theater in this conversation is the same way that Steppenwolf comes up when you talk about just the true to the term heavy metal. When, yeah. when Steppenwolf yeah, 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 says yeah. something like "Heavy Metal Thunder" and "Born to Be Wild," people go, "Oh, it's the birth of heavy metal." No, it's not. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the words there, but the it's not. But it's but not, there yeah. is okay. Obviously, there's, there's some sort there, of con- yeah. contribution there. It is what it is. But I think to to me, obviously, Pantera is a given. You know what See, I mean? It's so weird. Supple Terra is a given. I never well. thought about Pantera being a metal band till you or a metalcore band until you said that, and they absolutely are. It has all. I, it has I all, never every, thought about that. It has before. every yeah. single element that modern day metalcore. Yeah, has. I just they're they're in an era that was I always assumed before metalcore. Right. So I didn't think about it, but they're not. They're right there at the beginning. I, th- like, I, I never think thought it's, about that. I think it's probably from at least from modern day metalcore standards. It's probably mm. the stigma of the nineties. Yeah, that most music from the '90s was not technically proficient, and that it was very, you know, it was that it was it was almost basic in yeah. a way. People considered what was going on in the '90s as far as how it's relevant to metalcore now. That everything was there's no solos. Well, Pantera, yes, there are. Yeah, absolutely. There's a bunch of solos. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now. And they do breakdowns. Do, so are we going to throw Lamb of God into that metalcore genre then? I put I, I put I put Lamb of God at the 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 threshold of the 2000s. Yeah. That that's where I put them. Now, we can go back to Burn the Priest 
and there's you know there's obviously a late late 90s starting date yeah, yeah, there yeah 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 but i put lamb of god as almost exclusively a millennial band but that's still not but I, I mean not like genre wise are they are they metalcore then or are they I've, I I think I think they're on the fringe of metalcore. If you if you wanna, but I would not call them an overtly metalcore band because, and it's because of the second quote unquote second wave of what I would call metalcore. Kill Switch Engage. Yeah. As I Lay Dying. Yeah. Uh, Parkway Drive, Unearth, Trivium's first two albums, Mm -hmm. or Ember to Inferno and Ascendancy, obviously. Lamb of God doesn't fit with them because Lamb of God is much 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 more groovy, grindy, and groovy than what. Than what I most feel, of those bands were. I feel were. like if we're throwing Pantera into the metalcore bunch, though, you got to throw Lamb of God into the metalcore bunch. Well, I, th- they fit I think that it's group. I think it's a kind of metalcore. Okay, but I, but I do think I okay. Look at it this way. Okay, if you went and saw Lamb of God in mm. in the era of uh, Ashes of the Wake, yeah, or As the Palace is Burned. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you go see them in that era of the band, yeah. Do they fit more on a bill with, let's say, Ascendancy Trivium era mm-hmm. and As I Lay Dying? Mm-hmm. Do they fit on that bill? Or do they fit closer to Vile Era Cannibal Corpse and potentially, I don't know, some of the more aggressive, really aggressive metal come, Arch, Arch Enemy? Like the first couple arch enemy I feel like albums. they fit better with the ascendancy of trivium and that. See, group. I don't. I feel like they yeah. fit I fit I feel <sighs> like they fit on that more. And it's what I would call <laughs> You know you know how on like uh political systems <laughs> <laughs> This will make sense when I'm done. Yeah, I got okay. It'll make you. sense when you. I'm done. When you look at the the assorted uh political systems, way on one side you have um uh socialism and way far on the other side you have fascism right yeah yeah yeah. and in the middle you have capitalism almost right down the middle yeah yeah if if we were to classify aggressive music as right wing left wing Mm -hmm. i think the farther we go right wing we get towards black metal the farther we go left wing We we go towards we go towards things like I mean I don't even fucking power metal. No, 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 I think like way down at that end we have like bullet for my Valentine. (laughs) Okay, Okay, yeah, way down at that way down at that left end. So I don't think Lamb of God is necessarily in the capitalist position. I think they're closer to fascism in in that metal sense than they are that other end of stuff. Yeah, so, that's fair. So, does it make sense? That's I know fair. I know it's a weird ass analogy. Yeah, no, that's fair. But that's fair. That's where that's where I put to me, Lamb of God fits on that other end. It also better, that also so. just may be the age difference between us because I grew up listening to like we did we did the Chimera thing right. like right when it came out. Right. So I guess I just kind of lump Lamb of God. We've had this come up on other times in the show where bands get lumped in with other bands solely because of their period and time mm-hmm. and not because of the way their music is. Sure, I think that's probably sure. what happened with Lamb of God. <laughs> I think I I don't know. It's it's hard. You know what I mean? And I don't want to spend the entire conversation splitting hairs from, yeah, a, from yeah. a genre <clears throat> definition standpoint, that sort of thing. But I do think... Lamb of God is a kind of metalcore because yeah. you can you can go um, not necessarily Cowboys from Hell era Pantera, but you could put maybe Reinventing the Still, Great Southern Trend Kill, mm-hmm. and Lamb of God and make it work. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, it's, it's a one weird of those one. things where it's you just kind of shake your head at where you know Dream Theater and Tool sound alike. Uh, I, I mean, do they? I mean, <laughs> they have time I mean? signature, weird time signature. <laughs> right, they right. Sound alike. So I don't know. It's interesting, but from those, you know, from those early bands, that part of the conversation, to me, the most, the most significantly understated band, in my opinion, is Converge. I think you convert. Think so? You think they fall into the metalcore category because the genesis of it. Because I'm 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 used to Jane Doe, and that is right. not metalcore to right. me. No, it's not. It's not overtly metalcore. That's just like turn of the millennium, new school hardcore. You know what I mean? That's that's that. what yeah, it is. Yeah. That's how you arrive at Code Orange. Okay. You know what I yeah, mean? You yeah, get yeah, you get yeah. to Code Orange by going through Converge. You you consider Code Orange metalcore? No. Okay, good. Because I was no. like, they're just. I no, was just no. I'm hardcore. saying that's that's the and that's that's gotcha. that's one of that's saying. one of I the what you're saying. Yeah. that's one of the quote unquote uh, by Dustin's definition right wing offshoots. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the only way I can think to make no, it I understand. sense. I, was I understand. To find, I totally like, understand. I know everybody. Everybody <laughs> listening to it's gonna like what? What is he? You know? I totally understand. He's a yeah. Trump supporter. Like, I got I got ugh. no doubt in my mind. Anyway, um, let's move on. <laughs> I don't want to even think about that. Let's move on. Um, so anyway, Converge. I do think Converge plays a very, very important role because like Integrity, they do have sort of tentacles that spread out into yeah. the genre quite a ways. Even though if you sat down and talked to the dudes in Shadows Fall and said, you guys like Converge? They're probably not going to say yes. Yeah. They yeah. won't. However, a domino effect through the genre yeah, i think i, I think yeah. you can attribute to to conversion i remember the first time i heard halo in a haystack and i mean petitioning the empty sky obviously that that's kind of sets the tone for what would become the converge sound yeah you know what i mean yeah, i yeah. think um saddest day i think is that yeah the saddest day is on but yes Status Day is on uh, petitioning the empty sky, and then obviously when forever comes crashing, and then Jane Doe, the modern converged yeah, template, yeah, yeah. obviously. But that band's real important, and not enough people talk about it. In the same way that integrity yeah. is extremely important to the to the the birth and the evolution of the metalcore genre. So yeah. anyway, anyway, just want to mention converge. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, woo, sorry, <laughs> sorry. So anyway, the. I feel like the roots are established now. There we, we go. We know where we're coming from. There we go. There's that. Psst. Hey. What? Fucko. Yeah, you. Who are you? Do you listen to me in the lifeblood on SoundCloud? Because you should. Because I might be touching myself right now. Gross. And you should also like, comment, and subscribe. What are you doing? Don't come in! Who was the metalcore band for you in the, in the second wave? Because that's the one that kind of hit the forefront. The big one? So who's 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 your metal? Not, not that I mean necessarily the most popular. Who's your metalcore band? Like the one that really sticks out. See, this is not a genre that I am naturally drawn to. Really? And I think my... Age difference, man. You know, it's funny. Yeah. We were talking about off mic here. Your temperamental proclivities versus your environmental stimulants. Yeah. Cause not mind specific. Cause, Just, cause yeah. right, right, right. Cause, cause your your personality to yeah, develop yeah. in a way. In my musical personality, I gravitate towards Zayo. 
Yeah. And even then, I think, (laughs) (laughs) again, Zayo's on the right end of the spectrum when it comes to metalcore. So I think, to me, Zayo's the band that doesn't get mentioned enough. Yeah. However, I do think probably the overarching genre defining band is probably kill switch engage yeah i would i will say that's they're definitely the 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 one that people most likely will know when you excuse me adjust this microphone when you say metal your your mic is the worst i mean it is taped together it is so uh anyway when you when you say metalcore the first band for me that comes to mind is kill switch engage yep because just they have the that formula down to a t yeah however for me the band that always like just sealed it home for me every single time. It's just like, Oh, it's so good is plea for purging. And those guys don't get a whole lot of credit. Yeah. They they followed a very similar like blueprint to kill switch engage, except more technical. Sure. And I loved it. Sure. (laughs) Those guys are a good band. They are, were a phenomenal band. Unfortunately. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always think of them and protest a hero. See, protest is even way, though they don't sound no, alike. Yeah, protest is way for, techier. For some reason, I think of them at the same time. Yeah, I, mean, I, I like, get that. It's kind of like <laughs> how I think of after the burial and um, oh crap! Nice. I forgot the other band. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna think of it. I, I believe you. Everybody, hold on. Okay. There it is. Born of Osiris. <laughs> No, that makes total, that makes total sense. I know, oh, yeah. I know, but I think of them together. It's like I th- I always think of uh, Collective Soul and Live together. What? Why? Just like I think of Third Eye Blind and Matchbox 20 together. I don't know. It just happens. Those they're are like, weird things to mess up. They're like up. sister bands. Because the uh, what's the, we also talked about a band that I always associate with other bands earlier, and I, I forgot the one I had, too. Oh, it's weird. weird how you, it's weird how you bookmark them in your head. It's strange. Oh, uh... uh uh shit within the ruins i always associate them with uh oh what are you doing man we're we're doing stuff what are we're you gonna doing we're gonna let me this mic are we oh it's gonna be up above my head why is it up above my head like that now you gotta you gotta say i gotta look up <laughs> i don't like this i have to look above you now <laughs> i don't like this this feels weird we'll have to cut this out <laughs> No way. There's no visual. It doesn't no, make a whole lot of sense. It, in. it looks so good, though. Okay. All right. <laughs> look at it. There we go. I'll look at Vinny over here and you, keep talking. You got to say, that's the way I like it. <laughs> Baby, I don't want to live forever. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Mm, this feels weird. Motor, I can't. I can't do this, man. Mo- motorhead. Why did we? This is, this is a little. Just a little. Just a little. <laughs> just a little. There we go. I can deal with that. I can deal with we, that. Uh, we always have mic problems with you. I can literally, like, you know how you, something's real close to you and you see two of them? Right. The one that I can see through, I have to look at you through. <laughs> like, the mic is here and I can see your face through it. Uh, it looks good. I'll, is, I'll lean this way. <laughs> this, there we go. Does this help? I mean, sure. <laughs> Just fucking do the thing. Let's talk about the metalcore. You know the funny thing about Kill Switch Engage? What's that? Is that I always forget that Adam D was the drummer for a minute. Uh, for a long time, yeah. yeah. For a couple years, I think. Yeah. The first two albums, I think. I up think up it, till Jesse left, I think. I thought it was just the first album. 
Which is the craziest thing because Adam D's a really good guitar player. He is. Yeah, and it's he's like a really good drummer. He is, but still, like he's a way better guitar player than he is. A drummer. I know. I think it's, it's strange. I always yeah. forget about that when I when I go back and listen. Periphery was the same way. Really? Bisha played drums for quite some time. No kidding. Yep. Huh. Yep. More you know. That's also a band that I would honestly probably throw into the metalcore fight. The when periphery. You, when you really get down to it. The peripherals. Yeah. What you, man, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm trying to make you comfortable. My, I'm fine. Just do the episode. <laughs> Look at that. Comfort's that? never been a problem before. Just do the episode. <laughs> I just want you to feel good. <clears throat> I feel fine, man. Got my new t-shirt. I'm, I'm hanging out. We're good. Got my bottle of water. Everything's fine. All right. Adam D, drummer. Yeah. Guitar player. He also in Beastie Boys. Now he's dead. <laughs> no, no, that's Adam Yacht. I thought they called him. There was another Adam D in something that died. Yeah. Adrock. He's not dead. Ah, oh, whatever. MCA is dead. Whatever. There's, there's an Adam D in Beastie Boys. That's Adrock. Whatever. That's cool. Anyway, <laughs> now that I just shoved my fucking foot in my mouth, let's we gotta, keep we walking. We gotta do a Beastie Boys episode. Uh, why? <laughs> All right. Anyway, the metalcore conversation. Yeah, Kill Switch engage. Kill Switch. It's they're the metalcore band. Kill they're Switch. The they're, they're the, the one, one that kind of flies the the waves the banner. Hey, yep. we're Kill Switch. Yay! So that said, what's the best Kill Switch album? <sighs> That's a tough question because I like I like the self titled one that came out. The answer the is end. the end of heartache. So I was gonna say I was I was gonna say it's probably the end of heartache, but I personally like the self titled more, the one with the tiger with the tongue on the front, the purple one. Is that the self titled? Self titled. I'm pretty sure it's self titled. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, but that's the one that I always listen to. But it's end okay. of heartache. It's end of heartache. End of heartache is oh, really really good. Heartache. And obviously, as daylight dies. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the that, that's the one I am. No, I'm thinking of that one. As Daylight Dies? Yeah. That one's the... See, yeah. I've, only, I've only ever had the... I bought them digitally. Really? So I don't ever yeah. see the cover. I had, I had much like every other high school kid... In, you guys like Rose to Sharon? In that's the great. Mid, in the mid-aughts, I had a... a <laughs> CD case full of burnt CDs, and we I had every Kill Switch CD. All right, on yeah, <clears throat> burnt CDs with marker writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. All right, all right. So anyway, I do want I do want to mention I do want to mention a Treyu. Yeah, absolutely. Treyu is really important to you. Listen, I'm joking. I'm joking. That was just to upset you. I'm joking. Pal. They're very important. I'm just fucking with you, buddy. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Uh, Suicide Notes and Butterfly Kisses, the yep, first album. I think so. Don't like that one so much. Really? No. Mm. Kind of. They were always a little too emo-y for my taste, but that was just me. Not genre-y. Not genre-y in attitude. I didn't appreciate it. I was really against the swoopy hair and tight pants for a long time. Keep your shit together, man. I'm so frustrated now. I told you not musically. I'm so utterly frustrated. I didn't mean the genre of music emo. I mean, I'm I so I didn't agree with the swoopy hair. I was still in my frustrated. I was still in my classic rock phase when Atreyu you hit their peak. <laughs> so I was very much against them. Slow ride. Nah, Zeppelin, Sabbath. Okay. Meatloaf. Okay. Fret Foreigner. Atreyu is really good. They are. They're a good band. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Dan Jacobs, mm-hmm. guitar player. Yep. The short one. Yes. Well, they're both short. Travis, Travis Miguel. 
that how you say his last name? I'm not familiar with the names of the people in that band. I said not really big Treyu fans. So M I G U E L. Miguel. That's Miguel, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Miguel. 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 <laughs> Travis Miguel. Yeah. Atreyu is really good, though. The, I remember when The Curse came out. Mm-hmm. I remember it being, that's really good. Yeah. I saw the uh, Right Side of the Bed video. So my, my, literally my only reason, my distaste for them when I was young was just the image. I didn't like it. I, it was well, a What about much, it? It was the pretty boy thing. I didn't. I really was not into it when I was young. Like, I'm still really not into it. Like, because you get into it a little bit when you get into like the, when you get deep into the power metal and st- guys start having button up shirts that are flowy and I don't. I don't like the it. Pirate shirts. Yeah. Like no. The, no. No. The, no. I mean, literally, like Herman Lee's guilty of it. He just has like a black button up he wears, but he doesn't button it all the way. And like he gets in front of that fan with his fucking hair, and then his <laughs> hair blows, and then his shirt blows, and it's like, God, you look. So feminine, <laughs> I just can't do this. You look like a rock but, god. Yeah, but like it's, it's, I don't, I never, I was adamantly against the pretty boy thing when right. I was when I was young because it was just, I was my my feet were set in classic rock and you couldn't fucking budge me. Right. And then I found power metal and was like, oh fuck that shit. Power yeah. metal's the greatest. I think it's <laughs> who's the who's the band that really pushed the um, two singer. Cling singer, uh, dirty screamer vocal. I hate that shit. Who are the um, band? Because it happened a lot with the screamer. It did. Bands. It really it happened a lot with metalcore bands too. Yeah. Um, I think it's a Treyu. Yeah. The only like literally, if I go to a show and because like I said, mid aughts, I played metalcore shows. That's all we played. If I went to a metalcore show and the band had two vocalists, I immediately walked away. Like it, it was <laughs> an immediate turn. We used to play with a band in Newcastle. It was a bunch of. I say kids, but they were only like three years younger than us. And they were called Napat Cyclone. N-A-P-A-T Cyclone. They had three vocalists. What, like, what is that, Airborne? That has like a hundred vocalists? Who am I thinking of? I have no idea. Maybe. Is there a band called Camaro? I mean, there's that band that you made up in your head cannon that was like, what, something the Camaro. Power Smash the Camaro. Power Smash the Camaro. That's the only one I'm familiar with. Uh, but, something about a Camaro. But that they, they had three vocalists, and I was just like, oh, my God. And I just, like, <laughs> walked out. Like, this is why. Why? The only band I've ever liked that had two vocalists was Three Inches of Blood. Hmm. And I couldn't turn them down. They were too good. Right. So, yeah, th- that was, I remember. That was so common. It was I was so freaking common the band for a long time. That they didn't have two vocalists, but the first one to do like the really clean singing choruses and stuff with a screamer as the vocalist was uh Divorce Prada. Was like the first one I remember I the first one I remember anyway. That mm. the people weren't the first, but they were they always had the two vocalists thing. One played guitar too, but like Divorce Prada, really? Yeah, that's the first one I remember doing it like regularly. Okay. Of course, again, there is a generational gap between you and I. Of like I keep decade. I keep thinking of Under Oath. <laughs> yeah, do they have two vocalists? Or they yeah, just have the yeah. split singing. Yeah. Thing? Um, uh, Aaron Gillespie, the drummer, sang, and then the the dude with the long kind of dreads. That's not two vocalists though. That's just a drummer who sings. What do you mean? Two front men, two guys with just no, microphones. No, I'm just talking about two different people singing oh, on a re- on a regular basis. I met, I met people who literally just have a microphone in their hand and don't play an instrument. Oh my god! Nepat being... Cyclone had three of those. 
I'm talking bands who specifically just like, no, no, no. The more people you have singing your band, if they play instruments, the better off you're going to be. I completely support that. Right. I'm talking about people who are in bands who just have two vocalists, dedicated vocalists, a screamer and a singer, or a screamer right. and a screamer, or a screamer, a singer, and a screamer. For in the case of I'm that cyclone, I'm just saying two singers. Oh, okay. Well, there's a lot of bands two, that do that. But two people, Van Halen two, all sang, man. Like people. Well, not necessarily lead. I mean, Michael Anthony did it every now and then. But yeah. Anyway, you're being too complicated today. Am I? Yes. I, you're just getting into a genre that I grew up in, man. Like this right. is my bread and butter. You're here. just. You're just. You're being. You're, you're not. No, you're not being you're clear being, enough. You're being very incident aggressive. You're not, you're not being clear enough, sir. We're Speak having. Clear. You said two vocalists. Vocalists hold microphones. Vocalist, not a singer, a vocalist. Just hold microphones. Vocalist is inherently implies mm, that no. they're they're singing in one way or the other. No, the Beatles had more than one vocalist. No, the Beatles had more than one singer. They didn't have a vocalist. Oh my god! I'm just saying, man. There's a distinguishing point there. There's if you no don't play an instrument. If same you don't, thing. If you don't play an instrument, you're a vocalist. Talking about mutually exclusive terms. I mean, it's you're talking about splitting hairs and genres. I'm talking about terminology, man. Yeah, no. but, yeah but that makes sense. So does this. You're if just, you, you're if, just you, being, you're if just, you hold, play an instrument and sing, you're still a musician because you're holding an instrument. You're playing an instrument. You're an instrumentalist. If you're not holding an instrument and you're just making noise with your throat because you're not singing, you're a vocalist. Or even if you are singing, you're still a vocalist. You're not playing an instrument. You're a vocalist. Blah. You have the beadiest eyes right now. God. This is this is part of that shit in that genre, man. This is this is important <laughs> shit. Okay, okay, fine. Atreyu. Yeah, for the, sure. The drummer sang yeah. Alex screamed. Yeah, it was rad. Oh my god, I'm so sick of you right now. What? Anyway. You don't like that? You don't like when there's like, like another person doing lead vocals? No, I do. I think it's neat. Then what's the deal? Too many people did it. Oh. Too much of a good thing. I guess. Well, because I think like a lot of the screamo bands were doing it too, from Autumn to Ashes, and I don't, I don't know if it, I feel like Under Oath is a metalcore band. Yeah. I feel like they are. Yeah. However, they have screamo tendencies. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're still on the. They're I would say they're on that like. Spencer, <sighs> Spencer, was the screamer. Okay. There's there's a weird. I don't know, man. There's things I've noticed across the years. There's. There's actually, everyone always broke it down into like two sections of metalcore. What we already discussed. There's your guys who were like the heavier side, your your older school stuff, which right. there's some newer school stuff that sounded like that. And there's your like pretty boy synth shit. And like there, I don't mean shit as in it's bad. I mean shit as in a general term. That sounded really shitty. <laughs> um, and then there's, there's this, there's this, there's this middle zone that existed. Uh, right. That bands like Atreyu. And uh, you you just said it with Gillespie under oath uh, under oath fell yeah. into where they don't really fit either of those they're kind of their own thing like there there's a middle ground you can hit where mm-hmm. they they have what would be considered pseudo heavy parts or breakdowns and stuff but like they didn't really do the synth stuff either All like right. it was kind of in the middle and those bands seemed in my opinion seemed to be more fi- uh, commercially successful than all the other bands. Because they they hit a middle zone where yeah, both sides there's could more, like them. There's yeah. more, yeah. There's more appeal. Yeah, yeah. It's not a niche. Under Oath was a big band. Yeah, they were. That was a big band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it uh, Define the Great Line? Yeah. Is that the album I'm thinking of? What's the album with um, the 
oxygen mask on the cover of it. I can't remember. That one was huge, too. Yeah. And, like, uh, I feel like there's bands today that still kind of follow that that blueprint because if you're going to play aggressive music and you want to be financially successful, that's the blueprint that works. Mm-hmm. Bands like... Um, Miss May I. Miss May I kind of... Ah, they're a little more on the... on the. They're, the, they're in the middle, though. No, you're right. They're in the middle. They're... Uh, yeah, they fall on they that, walk that, that middle line, zone, so to speak. Forever at last falls right in that middle zone, mm, a little bit. Like they're they're still the successful bands that you hear about today still are generally the ones that followed that line, right? So it was a weird time. It was a really confusing time to be growing up in aggressive music. I spent, yeah, I spent <laughs> I spent a lot of time feeling like. Somewhere around like 2008, 2009, metalcore was starting to die. Yeah, and it came back with a vengeance. At it some did. Point. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. Strange that um, I guess you call it the third wave. It's 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 just weird because growing up in that the, the argument we just had about the vocalist singer thing, mm-hmm. like I have had that argument with people in a much in my youth in a much more like serious fashion that somebody was offended that I called them a singer when they were a vocalist because for the longest time if you held a microphone whether you screamed sing or whatever you did I just called you a singer you were in the front you were the singer you were the front man or lady and I (laughs) my friend my friend Eric my friend Eric was uh he screamed in a band he did not sing at all he just screamed and I called him a singer one day and he wasn't angry but he was like dude I'm a vocalist and you can all all this stupid nitty gritty genre bullshit like weird weird naming of things like vocalist and and singer all stems back to fucking MySpace. It all because all mm. that shit was where that started because people would not like that this particular argument you wouldn't put singer or vocalist you just put X Vox X. <laughs> and that was how shit got like determined back Lead then. And it, screamer. And it's that's a, a thing I have physically seen on people's MySpace. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, and that's I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because I got it written down. It's the the importance of MySpace. It's pushing grotesquely important in that pu- area. Pu- pushing the uh, pushing the expansion. Yeah. Of the genre. Because I remember which, I remember far enough back where metalcore wasn't a genre on. MySpace, mm-hmm. and I remember like being upset about that. Like you mm-hmm. had metal and you had hardcore, and there was no metalcore. Right. And I remember it being like a big deal the day they added metalcore to to and as a genre on your MySpace right. page, and it like just shit like that, man. Like made that genre what it the the second wave made it what it was. Yeah. Like the 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 same way that like the magazines made the hair metal movement what it was. Sure. If you were in a magazine, you were, there's that always, was it. and that's, that's one of the <laughs> neatest things about, um, that's one of the neatest things about aggressive music because there is a, there is a, there is a media, uh, component in tandem with the growth of the genre in all forms yeah. of heavy yeah, yeah. music. And I would, you don't, I don't know. I've never once seen like a country magazine. You know what I mean? Like the way you saw Hit Parade or BWBK or things like yeah, that. I've never yeah, seen yeah. that. No, nope. that's just for country yeah. music. And I I'm sure it exists. We're just not exposed to it. The the like you said the the magazines from you know the eight, and the eighties the eighties yeah. had a lot to deal with circus Hit Parader you know that sort of stuff yeah. really sort Tiger of Beat. push 
put push the narrative of the of the genre as a whole. And yeah. in the seventies, you had Cream, Kerrang, you know, stuff like that. Rolling Stone. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, in the seventies, they were probably still pretty legit. Yeah, I fucking hate Rolling Stone. I'm not a fan either. Oh my I really god, with just a the burning they're, passion of a thousand they're, suns. They're absolute like lack of knowledge on the thing they do is like it's such, what the fuck it is such disgustingly sycophantic pandering happened to stumble across like best metal bands of 2016 your best metal releases and i <laughs> went into it being like right. fuck you you're not gonna know <laughs> shit and i said it before i even opened i said metallica's gonna be number one sure enough they were but like all the <laughs> other bands on the list were like pretty fucking solid releases. Like yeah. Meshuggah was on the list, Year of the Cobra was on the list. And I was like, oh fuck, these guys actually like this is the first year in years. This is actually a decent. Maybe list. I mean maybe the core of the the contributing writing staff has changed drastically, but I don't know. I, I, anyway, anyway, yeah. Anyway, sorry, sorry. there there is a there is a media component. That that goes tandem yeah. with the expansion. MySpace of, with, ruled metal. My, MySpace was absolutely it, which is funny because what what is it today? I mean, there. I I'm assuming it's probably. I don't know, man. There's not. It's. I guess it'd have to be Facebook, but it. I mean, no. Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, uh, Bandcamp, Twitter, Bandcamp. Yeah, Bandcamp makes yeah, sense. In my opinion, yeah. in my opinion, it's Bandcamp. But you can't necessarily but, promote as well from Bandcamp, which is a place to get music. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think. There, well, there's with with Bandcamp specifically. This should be an episode. Yeah, you're absolutely Th- right. This should be. So let's not go too far into this yeah, yeah, because yeah. we social can social media and social media effect on things. But anyway, Bandcamp. There is a social networking aspect to Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. It's not nearly <clears throat> as um, intrinsically woven into the experience of Bandcamp that like something like you know MySpace was. Yeah, you're allowed to comment, and you can have a de facto profile in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more about the. The, the hunting and the digging aspect yeah, yeah. of it. Most of the enjoyment and most of the interaction you have with Bandcamp is just directly with Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah. Not other people. Yeah. So, anyway, that's got to be an episode. That's a that's a there's a lot to go on that's, there. That's a good. Write that down. Yeah, that's a good one. We're putting that in the big yeah. book. Anyway, yeah, MySpace absolutely pushed the just the expansion. Growing of up with this as your forefront aggressive music genre like is like you i mean black metal hardcore all that shit was still around Mm -hmm. but if you were a teenager the one that was aggressively pushed at you was metalcore and just growing up with all these these genre rules and things that were metal and things that weren't metal that were completely and utterly like arguments from people who just had different views on things Mm -hmm. like there was no set in stone things were or weren't but like just that constant fucking battle man and like those kids and now young adults were just the most vicious people sometimes like mm-hmm. the it was man it just sucked like having all these rules you had to follow and like if you didn't like you can write you could have wrote excellent music in that time that fits right fits right in the genre it's incredibly solid but if you didn't look up a specific way no one gave two shits sure and sure. it's like, well, it's I think so stupid. I think when we, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the analog is hair metal, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, and what it what is neat about it is that um, just like hair metal produced the the you know, I always think of like tubers, 
in a garden. Yeah. Or carrots, you know what I mean, where the bulk of the shit is, is un- underground. Is underground, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, the grunge and the alternative, quote unquote, movement was like the growing thing happening underground and then all of a sudden you pull it up and there's this massive fucking thing that all of a sudden is there hair metal hair metal uh gave birth in a way to 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 it set the blueprint and i think i think we we also have uh we also have a a parallel that we can draw to black metal now that i think that the metalcore movement allowed black metal to proliferate yeah yeah extensively apparently you know <laughs> real lately it's it's nuts it's, it's getting a, there yeah. it's absolutely insane but <clears throat> i think uh, which is gonna piss off black metal guys <laughs> well no well i think it's for every for every action there's an opposite and equal reaction you yeah. know what i mean it's, it's law i just nature, don't so. i don't see varg being happy about death heaven being around <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, if you want to do the true cult bullshit, you that's know what I'm what saying. I mean? Those if guys are going to be pissed. I, mean, I, I don't know how many. I don't know how many true cult people we have in our. I would imagine we don't just just uh, because of the fact that we did a we did. An I mean, 80s Johnny Carter. Episode, other you know, than that, right? Johnny Carter. But likes even the then, true Carter, cult shit. You know, John's not a true cult guy. He's a fucking hardcore turbo John. Yeah, you know, yeah. Turbo Negro guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Mixed he likes a little hardcore. bit of everything. Um. It's uh, did I say Turbo Jun? I did. You did. Turbo I mean, Jun. You got there. Turbo it's fine. Jugan. You got there. It's fine. Such a hard word to pronounce. <laughs> anyway, anyway, the Turbo Negro fans. <laughs> Turbo Negro is metalcore. Um. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. I th- I think it's neat. I think it's neat because what what usually bubbles to the surface gives uh makes clears a path for yeah whatever's going to what's de- the next thing what's what could potentially destroy it yeah um now do i do do i think black metal has the potential to go mainstream Full metal core for, you know like mainstream supernova nah yes oh you do i do uh, yes it I, is over the top enough yes, people yes, will gravitate I, yes i absolutely it. do and i do think that i do think there's evidence there's evidence that it can happen and it's very possible in it europe will. it's already kind of a thing there so ghost if 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 let's if, talk about if, metalcore if, if, no i'm just say, i'm just saying at a at a massive at a widespread level, level yeah if ghost can get through the door black metal absolutely can Black metal absolutely can, and we're far enough away from the ugly shit that happened in the nineties that people people are it. willing to look past it. Yeah. So that shit was ugly. <laughs> that was rough <laughs> shit in the nineties, man. But I I think it can happen. I honestly do. But anyway, 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 the metalcore conversation. Yeah, yeah. Are you on Facebook? I bet you probably lay in bed for hours mindlessly scrolling through bullshit being posted by people that you hardly know and probably don't care about. Well, break up the monotony of a bunch of dumbasses whining about shit you don't care about and go like Music the Lifeblood on Facebook. That way, you can get some meaningful metal, hardcore, and punk rock shit in your news feed. Facebook.com backslash Music the Lifeblood. Motherfucker! So anyway, uh, short list of bands that I always feel like need to be talked about but never get. Yeah. Himza. Oh, shit, I forgot about them. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, Himza. 
Hymns uh, for me, it's Hymza and Zayo. Those are the two bands that people do not talk enough about. I mean, Zayo's kind of doing their thing right now. Like they're really coming up again right now. Just with put that out a new, new album. New album, yeah. yeah. Which it is made, really yeah. Good. It made a lot of high, very knowledgeable people's top ten list this yep. year. So. Yeah, it's super good. Yeah, it's super good. duper good. Um, so Zayo, who did I say? Zayo and Himza. Himza. And then um, the only other one was I felt like doesn't come up enough when it should is Norma Jean. Oh, shit. I mean, I guess I wouldn't agree to that, but that's probably just because of where we live because they were from here and they were always here. Weren't they from Nashville? I I don't, I know they were here all the time, so I just always assume they were from here because they or close played by. Indianapolis all the time. Right, right. I just so. – I, I think I, not enough people talk – I think what is it uh, – Robots 3, Human Zero. Is that what the song's called? Yeah. Um, I remember hearing, hearing that going. And that and that's one of those that's one of those instances where Ross Robinson produced that album. Okay. And up to that point, Ross Robinson was more associated with the new metal yeah. movement. And it was one of those times where I felt like ah, they blurred the lines. Yeah. They successfully blurred the lines between and it was only from a production standpoint. It's not like Norma Jean were writing songs that didn't sound like the rest of their stuff. Yeah. But they they did they produced it in a way that allowed it to uh had that industrial tinge. No, well not even that. Has. That I to me Ross Robinson is like a dollar general version of Steve Albini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know how else to say it, which is funny to see like a band like Norma Jean, who is so steeped in that in that movement of music, mm-hmm. use a guy from some. It, it's like I don't know. It's like it's like if you let Bob Rock fucking produce an Iron Maiden album. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make yeah. sense. You know what I mean? There's there was a guy that recorded. All of the big metalcore albums, and I'm trying to remember what his name. Joey Sturgis. Oh yeah, Sturgis recorded every big metalcore sure, album, sure. and he's from Indiana. Yeah, so that, I think I think that's why I have such. J- a, is it Jason Sokoff comes Sukoff. Yeah, how do you say his last name? I think it's Sokoff. I thought Su- he's the guy in the wheelchair, right? Yes. Yeah, he was. Um, I think he had a lot to do with Trivium. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he worked with a big old chunk of those Roadrunner bands. Dragon Force is on that list. So okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, I mean, there's a handful of really important Terry Date. You know what I mean? And even yeah. which is funny because Terry Date was so associated with the Deftones, the Deftones. By the way, oh shit, was so associated with the Deftones for <laughs> such a long time that it's almost like you get pigeonholed. And when you do work with yeah. another band, it either has this amazingly profound effect yeah, or it's immediately dismissed. Yeah. I just, I know that being, I think the reason why I have such concrete set in the stone views on this particular genre is because of where we live and because of where I grew up, because all of these big metalcore bands in the second wave were coming here to record their albums with Joey Sturgis. Mm. So I, I remember seeing and like chatting with the dudes in Devil Wears Prada in Cincinnati like regularly. Like those were just dudes. And they right. came here to record their album because Joey Sturgis was here. So just like the the whole second wave movement 
was it started from Indiana and Ohio. It's very Midwestern. Yeah, and so like yeah. it's just it's 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 regionally. Miss May Eyes from Ohio. Yes, I they think. are. Yeah. I've seen so. their drummer a couple times at a couple Ludlow Falls shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, like those dudes were just like all those bands were from here. So it's weird that like I, it's weird. It feels like growing up on the Sunset Strip when you didn't. Like this, this had not occurred to me, and what? it's clicking now. We have a we have an aggressive we have. Oh my God! What we we have? I mean, obviously we have the boom from Orange County, Avenged Sevenfold, Atreyu, Eighteen Visions. We have that happening. Where's Kill Switch from? Uh, Atlanta. I can't remember. I thought they were south. I thought they were southern. Okay, we'll have to figure out where Kill Switch is from. But this means we have a boom of aggressive music that is not uh, on the coast. The epicenter is not either of the coasts. Yeah, I knew that. This is. Did you never realize that? No, it's just now clicking with yeah. me. That's really important to yeah, this. Yeah, Chicago, that's extremely, Indianapolis. That's extremely important to this. It's yeah. Not, why is this just now clicking? Trivium's from Florida. Okay. Miss May Eyes from Ohio. Shadows Fall. Shadows Fall is from upstate New York, I Tidwops think. Tid from Ohio. Uh, contortions from Indianapolis. Their early stuff was very deathcore metalcore. Where's not... Azalea Dying from? No idea. All right, I'm gonna have to geographically it's a very check because this, this thing, changes but, everything. This yeah. changes everything from. I'm, right there, I'm having an epiphany <laughs> that you didn't realize that where you're from is where metalcore like boomed. Well, it's not clicking with me because I'm so I am so focused on punk rock hair metal, classic rock, and black metal right now yeah. that we have black metal, the f- obviously, coming from Europe. Yeah. You know, but but we do have an American wave happening. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're in smack dab in the middle. In punk rock, we're talking London, L.A., and New York with little s- smatterings of things happening in Chicago and Cincinnati. And Board of Osiris is from Chicago as well. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like okay. you're about a decade I, late right, on more, this more, epiphany, to, more, I know, but I just, <laughs> it's just I'm, I'm focused on so much other stuff yeah. that it it starts to begin to a lot of my a lot of my musical understanding and my music history is tied directly to geographic Places, stuff because yeah. geography does have an impact absolutely on, on the art. Coming. Doom bands always come from very dreary areas <laughs> right. well yeah sometimes you know we talk about joshua tree caius yeah. and stuff like that but there's absolutely a, a geographic um connection to a lot of these genres of music even though it might be tenuous at points but there still is a there's a there's a relevance yeah there. absolutely so, yeah i can't uh, believe you didn't realize that no i didn't it just <laughs> it just clicked with me right yeah. now it's all here man joey sturgis was the metalcore recording tech and he lived in richmond hmm. remember it wasn't far I remember i had a couple friends who recorded there before he got big all right anyway uh, back to the third wave sorry okay sorry. Sorry. See, you More. say third wave, and I'm not as familiar with that. What you're referring to as third wave? Well, I think what what has boomed, what what Recently. really what really boomed from 2010 on. Um, so Miss May I, Motionless and White, The Word Alive, um, okay. and I would even put I would even put Black Veil Brides in there. That's fair. Yeah. I do I do think Black Veil Brides, though they aren't your atypical metalcore band, mm-hmm. they do have that element. It fits in there. Yeah. Yeah. They're more on the rock and roll side of things, but they still it well, still fits in there. Now they are. 
Yeah, when they but started, they weren't. Yeah, so much. but if you listen to those first two albums, it's kind of a different story. Now, I'm not a big Black Veil Brides fan, but I do think they're important to to the um, to the survival of the genre. Mm. You know, I, I'm a big I'm a big advocate of Rising Tide raises all ships <sighs> as far as heavy music goes. Mm-hmm. I don't like Five Finger Death Punch whatsoever. It's like kryptonite. It sucks the life out of me. Yup. But if Five Finger Death Punch can take out a young trivium or something like that, that allows exposure for that band. And Oh, you mean take out like on tour, not like, yeah. take, like take them out. <laughs> like they're no longer relevant. <laughs> you guys are dead. Yeah, that's, I was like, well, I'm not sure what we're getting at But here. if they can take them out on tour, that can help. That it, can exposure help the, for something the survival, else. Yeah. The survival of yeah. the genre. So I do think there's a lot of... For for the most part, it's not much like much like the third wave of hair metal. It's not something I'm into. Your bullet boys and you your <laughs> well, Trickster, Skid, Skid Row. Is there, a, is there a fourth wave of, of hair, hair metal? metal? I think it's just Steel Panther <laughs> and the Darkness. I, I think wish, I think that's it. I so wish I liked Steel Panther. I can't stand them. They fucking annoy me. I the wish shit I liked them. Yeah, it is what it is. Damn. But anyway, anyway, the th- the third wave. I th- yeah. I think it's worth mentioning because I do think there's there's some cool stuff happening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Motionless and white. You know, I yeah. I think I think they're a good band. You yeah. know, I think they're a good band. I guess in that same in that same breath though, you get the really bad shit like you do. falling in reverse in that third wave too. Yeah, you do. And we I mean I guess asking's probably still in second wave, late second wave. I <sighs> I'm gonna go on the record and say, I don't fucking hate that band. I don't like them. I'm not gonna listen to music, but I had their first album when it first came out. It was all right. I'm just yeah. gonna put that on the record. I mean, they do what they do. Yeah, they do it well. I yeah. guess that's just not very good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I, Ish, I, I issues is worth mentioning too. No. Yeah. Yeah. And even a mirror. I, they're second wave. They're they've been around for a minute. Yeah, dude. I don't feel like. I mean, they have been they minute. have been around for a minute, but I but I more associate them with the third wave than I do the mm, second. They're definitely second wave, man. Maybe it's because they're crap. Yeah, oh, they're the worst. It's it's the worst. Uh, I want to throw out the bands that I think need more attention. Yeah, you did that too. What do you got? Um, what do you got? First of all, one that got attention but not enough is Chimera. They're incredibly they're incredibly mm. important and they're kind of forgot about these days. Good name. It's a fucking great name. Good name. Um, the second one is a plea for purging. Buy all their albums. Mm. They're all they're fucking gold across the board. Mm. Their their last album was called a life and death of plea. Uh, the life and death of a plea for purging, and it's way different. It's almost what you would call gent. The they put that like swing in it, and it's but it's fucking great. And um, the last one is the big one, the one that I think gets very little recognition. And I don't think I'm not sure they're even still together anymore. But uh, I am Abomination hmm. is a fucking killer you know, band. You, know, you don't put after the burial in. After the burial, is still doing the thing, man. They're they're pretty. They're pretty. Yeah, but, I mean, you really like after. the I burial. really do. I also don't know if I would like wholeheartedly throw them into metalcore. They got enough tech in them, so like they can kind of pull from other genres. But mm-hmm. I'm Abomination is just a really good, solid. Now they are technical, but I wouldn't call them tech. But they they are a incredibly technically proficient metalcore group with a incredibly talented singer who's a huge dick, but he's really good. He was a he was very 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 briefly in Attack Attack, when they were like right there at the end. They all lost their vocalist. He replaced them for like 
like two singles and I had like a month, couple months worth of shows. Mm. And he is a phenomenal vocalist. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to Abomination for fucking years. Their first album was called Jaw Dropper in like 2006 or seven. And then they released since 1776. And then they released Passion of the Heist. And they have a lot of political and Christian or a- political and religious stuff, anti stuff in it. Sure. They really don't like that stuff. Like that album's called Passion of the Heist. And they, they, it's when I was really, I was, I was younger. I was far more religious than I am now. And it bothered me way more than the music was so good. I looked past it. Right. Uh, it was about that. The, the theory that Jesus Christ was an alien and that he would, when he was, when he was, wait, res- what kind he, of an alien? Was he a gray or a reptilian or what are we talking from about? The way they talk, I think a gray. Okay. Uh, like, but the, he was sent here, and then when he died and was resurrected, it's because they sent him back. Makes you wonder how many bands have reptilians in them. Right? Right? <laughs> you know Adam D's a reptilian. <laughs> you know that fucker's a reptilian. That's probably why Howard quit. Do you, th- do you think... I can't do this. I can't do... You, new, it's too weird. Reptilian, New World Order, do you think? Illuminati do you think Obama's still a reptile now that he's not a president? <laughs> Do you think it goes away when you're not a president anymore? All those conspiracies. Look at these videos of his shape-shifting Secret Service agent. <laughs> you know, I I say a lot of, like, I, I am like, that's not true. But I saw that video and I went, that's weird. <laughs> I don't believe it. But that is, that's a weird video. And that concerns me. Right. That, that's a weird video. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. Yeah, it's. I do. You think all the conspiracy theorists now that Obama's out of office, like they're like, no, nah, he's cool now. I was kind of hoping. <laughs> I mean, we're we're really going away from metalcore now. But I mean, are we? It's I fine. mean, I was really. I was kind of hoping that uh, with Obama being out of office, he would now pursue his uh, his his soul music career. I, I wonder um, if he plays because he always has soul guys in the White House. Right. He could probably like. Um, he could probably do some vocals. You we know should get I mean? Obama on the show. <laughs> well, I'll get a hold of him. Thanks. You should do that. Call. <laughs> He's really writing that down. Call Barry. <laughs> Call Barry. <laughs> See what he. Hey. Hey, what are you doing hey. tomorrow? Hey, you wanna you wanna talk about Marvin Gaye? <laughs> you wanna talk about things you probably don't know anything about? <laughs> we'll talk about Iron Maiden for three hours. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. Think about how cool it would be though to fucking have Obama in here and get to. Like school him, like not like. <laughs> oh yeah, like, he, yeah. He, it's, it's, this is a day for learned doctors, and you're going <laughs> to learn some things today. You see, uh, first there was Black Sabbath, <laughs> right, right? Way back. Right. You don't know who Venom is. <laughs> you, you fucking lepton. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> All right. This definitely brings us to the point where we're wrapping up. This was a train wreck from minute one. This is the, like, in terms of staying on topic, this was the worst episode we've done in a minute. Oh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. that was, I don't believe that. There was not a whole lot of metalcore discussion to be had other than, I don't like this band because reasons. <laughs> Also, Obama. That was a very informative episode. You know what I mean? I suppose. I think we may have to touch on this again, though. We should. We should. I do yeah. think. I do. I do think that at metalcore as a whole, mm-hmm. I do think now we are at a point that it is um, people. People do believe it to have substance. 
Absolutely, it has value now. That, it's not just kids with down tuned guitars playing on the yeah, first string. Right? Yeah, it's I I think um, in the initial boom of bands, you know, of bands coming up in the genre, yeah. a lot of people were very quick to discredit it. Yeah, I mean, uh, same thing with hair metal. It took a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, uh, I don't, I don't think we did that with new metal though. I think with new metal, we were yeah, like, new metal still not. There's good. this band called Corn, and oh my god. Mm, see, you know mm. what I mean. I guess I, um, I it's, but, it's, uh, but uh, it's a, it, that's a time difference thing. Yeah. yeah, that's an age difference again. It feels like people were accepting of more accepting of new metal than they were of, of metalcore because it wasn't as visually striking. It was just dudes playing metal that looked like dudes playing metal for the last twenty years. Mm. Versus, I mean, I mean that Jonathan Watts's face wore a kilt. That's about as weird as it got. I mean, West Borland looked funky. That's true, but like it's just mm. it was. I don't know. I, it's, it's the. Anything that's regarded as being for children is R is immediately written off for Gets adults. Gets discredited pretty and quickly. New metal was never necessarily marketed to children. It was marketed to early adults. You know, it could be the it could be the <clears throat> MySpace connection though. Also could be that, yeah. yeah. Speaking of bands that are up and coming, make sure you check out Buried Above Ground and their new album Birth. <laughs> I'm just gonna put that plug in there because they're cool guys. <laughs> Yeah, the the vinyl Thursday should be up by the time this episode airs. I'm just plugging them anyway. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't need you and your rules, man. Maybe we ought to do a, de- a deathcore episode. That'd be cool too. I like a lot of deathcore. We got to do the social. We got to do the the. That needs to be soon. That the, was fun. The media. The media. Yeah. The media component. Because there's so much you can talk about the church burnings and how that still affects things. Mm-hmm. You talk about MySpace and Facebook and now SoundCloud and Bandcamp. And yep. you talk about the magazines. You can talk about TV. Talk about how people fucking avidly hated Guns N' Roses there for a while. Ed Sullivan, the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Yeah, that's way even way back then. Like, yeah. The what was that? What was that? What was that show called? The the Ed Sullivan show. The not the Ed Sullivan show. That was called the Ed Sullivan show. The one that. Uh, <laughs> The guy who did New Year's for so long hosted Dick American Clark. Bandstand. Oh, Dick Clark? Yeah, Dick Clark, American, American Bandstand. Bandstand. Yeah. yeah, sure. No, same thing. Like, sure, sure. Fucking Metal Militia, Metal Asylum, uh, MTV. Like, there's so much to talk about. Headbangers Ball. Headbangers Ball. Yeah. Fuse. VH1, VH1 Classic, VH1 2. <laughs> Behind the music. Behind the music. Unplugged. Yeah, this is a good conversation. Yeah, Dateline even has done some shit right, like so that. All right, so we'll make this the next episode. Next episode? Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. I'm down for that. All right. One might say I'm down to this. Nah. Ah! <laughs> Do it! That <laughs> <laughs> uh, was my best impersonation of John, it's John solid. Carter. It's solid. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Hey, John. Uh, all right, so that's it. Let's wrap this shit yeah. up. Yeah. Um, so one band, go listen to, what is it? I Abomination. Really? Okay, all right. Or uh, b- buried above ground. Buried above. It's not even a metal core. It's buried above ground. <laughs> <laughs> they're pushing metal the buried above they're, ground narrative right now. They're barely so. metal core. Let's um, do them anyway. All right. Uh, all right. So Zayo and Converge, those are going to be the ones for me because they are yeah. absolutely imperative. They're, they're pushing yeah. the the periphery of the genre. Yeah. You know, they're way out there. You know. Hey. Well, Iron Bombination <laughs> just needs more attention. Like sure. they were so good. And yeah. They had so much potential. Yeah. Woo! As blood runs black. I, I, I know. 
I know. Yeah, I guess they technically would fall under that umbrella. I mean, we're skirt. We're again. We're, we're on the edges. We're on the deathcore edge. See, that's yeah. that's where I I I I just I don't get into metalcore. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not something that I'm drawn. I guess this is what so. I had to grow up with, so I know all these like lines that yeah. divide yeah. everything. Yeah. So it's weird. It's yeah. Weird how we're different places. Anyway. All right, uh, we want to remind everyone that Music the Lifeblood is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. Go check that shit out. We hate Twitter. Fuck Twitter. It's the least intuitive of all the social networking sites. But if you want to go there. I mean, you get the same thing as all the other ones. Yeah, you get the same thing. But we just don't do it personally. Feel free to check us out. Obviously, if you're listening to the Music the Lifeblood podcast, you know that SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, you know you can find us there. And I want to remind everyone to go check out the Music the Lifeblood YouTube channel where you can see Vinyl Thursdays, me talking about whatever it is I want to talk about. And we've officially launched the the, the third prong of the Music the Lifeblood trident. Yeah. Conversations from the pit. I like the way we're doing that, by the way. I like that the podcast is you and me, and I like that the conversation the pit is you and Johnny. It's a good well-rounded system and we'll i enjoy have to get it you on though we'll have to get you on okay from time cool to with time. that so, all right anyway that's another episode of music the lifeblood rapping music the lifeblood something old something new what are you listening to wasted city is our promised land and i know we'll be all right it doesn't really matter if we live or die what keeps us going is this fire inside and i know